Welcome to another episode of In Gear with the Shop. I'm your host, AJ Hecht. Today we're joined by Lyle Brummer, Director of Design at Speedcore Performance Group. Located in Grafton, Wisconsin, Speedcore is an award-winning shop known for its eye-catching resto mods. Recognized at both the SEMA Show and the Grand National Roadster Show, Speedcore has made a name for itself by integrating its carbon fiber composite part manufacturing into its builds, drawing the attention of Jay Leno's Garage, Hoonigan's Build Biology, and many more. But before that, let's first have a quick conversation with Dan Kahn, founder and president of this month's sponsor, Con Media, to talk about digital marketing in the automotive aftermarket. I'm here with Dan Kahn, founder and president of Con Media. Con Media is a digital marketing advertising agency that services the automotive aftermarket. So Dan, could you uh, kind of explain what digital marketing is for some of our listeners? It's kind of a broad term. So if you could kind of narrow it down for us a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Jay. You know, what's interesting about digital marketing is it is kind of a catch-all phrase, but what we use that term for is really to describe any way that we can connect a brand with their desired customer uh, digitally. So sometimes that means paid search. Sometimes that means uh, paid social, uh, inserting those posts in your feed that maybe you don't know why they got there, but they seem like weirdly connected to what you're interested in. Uh, it could even mean something like Amazon marketing services or Google shopping or Facebook shopping, uh, or even if a local search, getting things popping up on Google Maps where your shop shows up when someone's looking for a hot rod shop or a car builder. Uh, all of those sort of paid digital avenues are what we define as digital marketing on top of video production and content creation and all the other stuff. Okay. And so you work with a lot of brands, I know, um, both on the manufacturing side and uh, closer to the builder shop side. Um, can you explain a little bit about how uh, shops can utilize digital marketing in their own business ventures? Absolutely. Since our inception 13 years ago, we've been really fortunate uh, and very intentional about the fact that we want to work with companies on both sides of the spectrum. We work with uh, OEM car manufacturers. We work with a lot of aftermarket manufacturing brands, you know, Center Force and Hellwig Products and, and all these different kind of great companies, you know, Aeromotive Fuel Systems, uh, Nitto Tires, really, really great brands. But we also work with shops and always have since our inception, from the Ring Brothers, who we've been with over a decade, to companies like Speedcore. And the reason why we like to do that is because it keeps us connected to the consumer at the grassroots level. And even though the strategies are really different when you're marketing a product from a product manufacturer uh, to a consumer at a large scale versus a builder or a shop, where sometimes you're talking to a national audience or an international audience, but sometimes you're talking to a very local audience where your local customer might just need some, some custom work done or a car build or even some maintenance work done. And, and so the actual tactics that we take are different, but the sort of high level strategy is very similar, which is basically we take a really hard look at the brand itself. What do they offer that nobody else can, whether it's a really different type of product or really high level service, or maybe like in the case of shops, sometimes they have really, really good transparency with how they bill and how they build and sort of allow the customer to be part of that decision-making process, whatever it is that makes them special. We really focus in on that. And then we look at who their desired customer is and where they live and what they're interested in and what they're kind of looking at online. And then we create a strategy that connects the brand with their desired customer. That way you're not just sort of praying for something to come over to transom into the boat. You're actually involved in the process of targeting the right customer 
so that you can grow your business the way you want to grow it. Well, that was some great information. Dan, again, founder and president of Con Media. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Really appreciate your time. Thank you, AJ. Thanks again to Dan and Con Media for sponsoring this episode. Now it's time to get in gear with Lyle Brummer. I'm joined by Lyle Brummer, Director of Design from Speedcore Performance Group. Lyle, thanks for joining us today. Um, just to start, could you uh, tell us a little bit about Speedcore? Give us some background, uh, what you guys do over there. Yeah, so uh, thanks for having me, first of all. Uh, Speedcore is a performance company. Um, so what we focus on is RestoMod high-performance cars. We also have a portion of our business that does carbon fiber short-run production and custom parts. Uh, and so uh, how many employees, what's uh, the average number of projects you've got going on a regular basis? Uh, and what kind of markets do you guys typically serve? Yeah, so current employee count is 14, always looking to expand. So yeah, yeah. talent is always something we're in search of. Mm-hmm. Um, different markets, you know, like I mentioned, we serve the resto mod market, the mm-hmm. hot rod market. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other part of our business, the carbon fiber business, we work with uh, a lot of marine customers. Mm-hmm. And then anybody looking for custom carbon fiber parts, um, we've done some pretty interesting projects. Uh, for example, uh, we had a gentleman who was doing a 57 mm-hmm. Chevy convertible and wanted a carbon fiber top for that. So we reproduced his cool. top in carbon fiber. Um, so what, what, so, sorry, yeah, go ahead. So, uh, no, go so ahead, please. What's are there any challenges with working with carbon fiber? Is there uh, any specific training that you need? Um, if a part gets damaged, I don't. I don't really know a whole lot about the production side of carbon fiber. So, if you could explain a little bit about that, I think some uh, of our listeners would appreciate that. Sure. So, a little bit about how we work with carbon fiber. Um, we have gone down the route of more of the aerospace technique. Okay. which is uh, a hand laid up pre-preg carbon fiber. And okay. then it, it is cured in our autoclave. We have a rather large autoclave that's uh, 93 inches in inside diameter and about 10 feet long. So it, it's that big to accommodate, uh, in our case, hoods, roofs, mm-hmm. and uh, quarter panels. Uh, if we look at some of our all carbon fiber Dodge chargers, those quarter panels go all the way from the A-pillar all all the way to the tail. Okay. So that's a big, big piece. So you need yeah. to be able to get that in the autoclave. So from a processing standpoint, uh, we'll, we'll create a plug in a lot of cases to then be able to make a mold. In the case of reproducing car parts, like a fender, for example, we will actually body work a fender to a pristine condition and then pull a mold from that. Okay. So once we have the mold, the technician will then lay in the pre-preg carbon Mm -hmm. fiber and vacuum bag it and then cure it in the autoclave. And then once it comes out, it's demolded. In the case of a body part like that, it is then treated like anybody would treat a metal body part. In the fact fact that if it's uh, exposed carbon fiber, then it's clear coat and then sand and clear coat. Yeah sand and buff okay um in the case of a a painted Mm -hmm. part it would be the same because we can paint carbon fiber as you would any body panel so that's um but as far as the 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 talent that it takes it it is uh, a unique skill Uh um the way carbon fiber reacts when laying into a mold especially a pre-preg 
um, takes knowledge and technique that is not just necessarily taught. It's that experience, just like anything. You can lay out the basics, but experience uh, comes to play a lot of times with this production method. Yeah. So um, that touches back on our talent thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's important to have people and and find people and and training is a big part of that. Yeah. Uh, well, can you talk a little bit about how you got to the level you're at now? What kind of experience you have? Um, and if it was all with Speedcore, if you kind of built it, built that experience over the course of your career? Um, yeah, it's over the course of my career. Um, started out with a background in product development okay. and modeling and design. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of morphed into the automotive, always being a gearhead, a, a, yeah. a car fan, a, you know, racing motorcycles, cars, whatever, yeah, all that yeah. stuff comes into play. And, you know, um, when I had the opportunity to join a team of people before Speedcore, mm-hmm. I took that opportunity. And then it, that group of people eventually morphed into what became Speedcore. Okay, cool. So, and Speedcore is a, a, a company within a group of companies owned by an individual mm-hmm. who's just got a passion for, you know, cars and stuff. And, you know, it really helps us because uh, our other companies bring resources to us. Uh, one of the companies is a metal forming company okay. that um, I have access to lots of machinery, lo- mm-hmm. lots of laser cutters on a, on a large scale. Um, and that helps because our frames, we design and fabricate ourselves. So mm-hmm. when you're talking about a frame rail, that's box construction. We need to have large equipment to be able to cut out those panels and bend those sure, and yeah. fabricate them from there. Yeah. So that's cool. kind of how that started. Um, kind of moving away from that a little bit, but uh, still kind of connected. Um, can you just talk a little bit about your design process and how uh, you work with some of your customers uh, on some of these builds? I mean, you guys have won awards, shown at SEMA, um, have kind of made a name for yourselves. Um, so how much of that is you and how much of that is a customer coming to you and saying, this is what I want? And uh, how do you kind of tackle that? Sure. In most cases, it's a customer coming to us. You know, mm-hmm. we do have that reputation that you spoke of, and that's that's a bit of a luxury because people will come to us and they'll say, "Hey, I would like this project." Um, mm-hmm. If so, we start with that base car. Um, let's use seventy Charger or mm-hmm. sixty eight through seventy Charger because it's a, a common product that we do. It's not the only product. Yeah. So they'll come to us and say, "I really like that car. What can we do with it?" So then we kind of go down the list of things they that they might want to adjust, tweak, you know, if that's the look, if that's, you know, custom splitter on it, custom mm-hmm. wing, you know, right down to the door handles. Um, we design custom door handles, machine them from billet, um, paint color, custom grill, custom hood, and then we go into the interior. So same kind of thing. Our interiors are all custom right down to the dashboard and door mm-hmm. panels and items like that. So we'll then move into the rendering phase, mm-hmm. exterior renderings, uh, be it in color or if they're doing exposed carbon fiber, we will render those up with the wheel choices, color choices, and then start moving to the interior. Okay. Same kind of thing. Well, what's that look? What's your taste? What's your color palette? So you're really getting a feel for what these people 
would like to see in their in their project. Mm-hmm. Um, once we move away from the rendering phase, then we start into our production phase. You know, mm-hmm. create the frame, start laying up the body work, uh, and machining out parts as we need them, and going through the assembly process. You know, and uh, a thing I should mention in their power plant. You know, if they want a manual, if they want stick, yeah, or uh, I should say automatic stuff like mm-hmm. that. So that's how that process begins and starts to morph. And, you know, okay. as you can see, when you're building a car from wheels to roof, it does take a, a bit of time and, uh, of course, a lot of energy. Yeah. Um, so you guys have done some work for some kind of high profile individuals. And uh, you also also had a car that appeared in or cars. I'm not sure uh, exactly how many, in, but in the uh, Fast and Furious franchise. So how do you, especially something like that, where they do they come to you with a specific plan that they just want something executed. Um, and then if you present them with these renderings and go through the process and get into that production phase and they're not, I don't know, not, not necessarily not happy with it, but um, have changed their expectations. How, how do you deal with that? Sure. When we talk about some of the higher profile clients, um, they've come to us and, you know, again, seen our product and said, Hey, uh, I'd like this. Or in the case of somebody like Robert Downey Jr., we did a -hmm. diverse range of products. We did a a Camaro with him. We did a Mustang with him. We actually did a a BMW with him, Mm -hmm. did a Chevy C10 pickup truck. So that, that's a wide range of product there. Yeah. Um, So there, you know, everybody's client and we, we, treat everybody equally and mm-hmm. the fact that this is how we want to work with you and what we can bring to the table and execute on your ideas. Okay. So when we talk, talk about a movie car, it, it, it's the same process. You know, um, yeah. we had cars in the last fast nine movie mm-hmm. and we did a, a series of chargers for that movie. Okay. So it was, they had an idea of what they wanted and, mm-hmm we went through that process, you know, if it's the mid engine charger that we did, then, you know, they, Hey, we'd like to do a mid engine wide body, <laughs> long wheelbase car. Yeah. And so start out with concept sketches. And then with this project, we work with Sean Smith and go through that process and Hey, mm-hmm. how does this look? And, and then start executing on that. We did clay mock-ups for that project. And mm-hmm. then after the clay mock-ups, go through the revisioning process. And then once we start building stuff, there's still adjustments that they yeah. made. And that's once we get to that final product, we did uh, do a number of cars because it's a, it's a movie. So yeah. what happens with yeah. cars and movies, they get destroyed. <laughs> and yeah. so, so we had the, the, the joy of making many in that case. Cool. Um, switching gears again a little bit. So what kind of, I know you said that you uh, primarily serve kind of the resto mod hot rod market. What are some trends that you've been seeing uh, just in terms of products that have been flying off the shelves, uh, cars that have been more popular than others? uh, Just anything that you've been seeing lately? Yeah. You know, I think one of the biggest things that I've seen is, is what role technology is started to play in this and granted it has for a while but it it just seems to have accelerated if that's Mm -hmm. the 
software applications that are available to more people. You know, yeah. uh, years ago, software design software was very expensive and it wasn't accessible. Mm-hmm. That has changed significantly. There's great products and very powerful products out there that are available for reasonable money. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that, that brings uh, a new level of sophistication to yeah. what people are doing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that bring along with that CNC, 3D printing technologies. Yeah. That those are all more tools in that, that toolkit that people are really executing some fantastic product with. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, e- even within our shop, you know, we, we execute on all those tools that are available to us mm-hmm. for ren- rendering technologies and 3D printing and not only just plastics like a lot of people think mm-hmm. of. We can print in metal now. A lot of yeah. our smaller components are we print in aluminum or stainless steel. Mm-hmm. So that technology component really has allowed people to have a, a new set of tools for expression. You know, yeah. um, we still have, you know, it still takes a lot of talented guys, you know, shaping metal and stuff, but mm-hmm. they all kind of, there's this new synergy that I see. So I mm-hmm. think that's, that's pretty exciting. Um, CNC technology is really, yeah. um, you know, granted it's been around a long time, but the software tools that complement a CNC shop have really blossomed and people are making some fun stuff and well, yeah. i believe we are also so, so how, how, te- sorry go ahead i was just saying so technology a big yeah. part of that yeah so how have you guys been able to bring that into your own shop what was that process like and any difficulties or challenges that you had with that um Bring it into our shop, you know, having the resources that we have with our, our bigger parent company definitely helps. Yeah, sure. Um, but bringing it into our shop um, has, again, the talent component does come into mm-hmm. play with this. Um, so machines are great. Software is great, but you still have to have people to use mm-hmm. them and train on them. Mm-hmm. So um, difficulty-wise, uh, you know, this stuff is pretty straightforward as far as uh, accessibility and purchasability. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, I think the single biggest thing is the talent component, you know, getting people to, you know, diversify in what mm-hmm. they're actually doing within their job role is a part yeah. of it, and then bringing people in to support that. Okay. So um, lucky for us, we have... Uh, very talented people that are open to learning new things and then, you know, working as a team is a big part of that. Yeah. I mean, do you think that kind of gives you guys a leg up that you guys have a team that's willing to adapt to these new tools that are available? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say a leg up. I think it's just the realization for a lot of companies that that's, if you want to stay current and Mm -hmm. keep, progressing this is what you need to do so Mm -hmm. okay um have you guys been seeing any supply chain issues lately a lot of people have been kind of uh expressing some frustration with that yeah so the the biggest thing for us has been our carbon fiber supply Mm -hmm. so you know obviously carbon fiber is a global product and Mm -hmm. ours does come from various sources um Mm -hmm. we, we work with uh uh, one of the largest vendors in the U S to get this product, but even they've been struggling. Okay. So manufacturing, uh, 
for example, our last batch came out of Spain just okay. because that they actually had it, you know, yeah. so not necessarily the case in, in other markets. So mm-hmm. that would be the biggest thing. Um, costs have affected us a little bit, of course, okay. with uh, steel prices going up and such. Yeah. But um, uh, other than that, uh, I would like to say we're, we've been pretty fortunate. So uh, Okay. Well, that's good to hear. Um, yeah. W- with the, the costs, I mean, have you had to pass any of that on to customers or have you guys been able to kind of absorb that for now? Um, we do, you know, uh, like any company, if we need to pass it on, we will, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, when we're talking about steel prices in the grand scheme of a, a project, a whole car build mm-hmm. that cost may not add up to much, but when we buy it, we're buying at a higher volume. Yeah. So, yeah, sure. So we can spread when we buy at that volume, we have it on hand. So those costs don't translate necessarily to everybody. Yeah. And do you find that? I mean, with if someone's seeking out a full build like this, are they a little more receptive to maybe some unforeseen uh, expenses that go into the project? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, these these are morphing projects. You know, mm-hmm. something you may dive into a component. You know, right down to you know, I mentioned door handles. Mm-hmm. That's an iterative process. So when you look at it, you know, we can send renderings and say, hey, this is what it's going to look like. And sometimes we'll print a prototype so you can touch and feel it. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, let's adjust this. So there's definitely costs associated with that. Mm-hmm. And um, people are receptive to that because, uh, you know, if you're, you're spending the kind of money you're spending on a project, you want what you want. That's totally acceptable. And that's what mm-hmm. we aim to do. We want to give people the product that they want. So, yeah. Um, back to some of the cars you've built. Uh, I, I know you've shown quite a few at SEMA at the SEMA show over the years and have been recognized for some of these builds. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you maybe at first were able to get cars into the show and then how that has changed for you guys over the years? Yeah. Part of that uh, is about our growth as a company also, mm-hmm. uh, starting early on in our SEMA representation is working with partners, which is mm-hmm. a great avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, somebody who already has a booth and would like a car and mm-hmm. they have come to us and said, Hey, we'd like to, you know, see if you want to put a car in our space. That's yeah. great. That is, yeah. that is the most accessible way for anybody out there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then we morphed into having our own booth and then, you know, the booth got larger and we had more product there. And then we were able to have product in multiple vendors space. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, you know, it, it's a big thing to take on for sure, mm-hmm. but it's, it, it's a, a, it's a great event to be able to showcase our product. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, kind of a personal question, but what's your favorite build that you guys have done over the years? Oh, that's a, that's a really good one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what, how's the old saying going? Who's your favorite child? No, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, I imagine it probably feels like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, we're, we're finishing up on a project right now, um, mm-hmm. for a client that has been really enjoyable, you know, all great, clients yeah. are great and everything. And, mm-hmm. Um, I can't talk about who it is because we haven't revealed it yet or mm-hmm. anything, but um, this one 
because we've been able to go a little bit further, a little bit out of bounds in some areas and okay. have the have the direct input but from the client who is a high profile designer um, okay, has cool. been has been very rewarding that way. Um, but there's, you know, every project has some cool stuff that you kind of glom onto and, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, and then, you know, you look at the final product, it's fantastic, but you know, you say, Oh man, remember that hood or something <laughs> like that. So yeah, they're all good that way. Cool. Well, Lyle, thanks for joining us. Really uh, appreciate having you on and uh, really enjoyed talking to you. So uh, yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yep, of course. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of In Gear with the Shop. Thank you to Lyle and Speedcore for joining us this month. You can find them online at speedcore.com to learn a little bit more about what they do. And that's spelled S-P-E-E-D-K-O-R-E.com. Also want to say thanks again to this month's sponsor, Con Media. You can learn more about Con Media on their website, conmedia.com. And that's spelled K A hnmedia.com or you can check them out on any of their social media channels. If you enjoyed this episode, you can listen to our full catalog on any of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Or you can head over to theshopmag.com to sign up for the daily e-newsletter, which will keep you up to date on all the latest news in the industry. Well, I think that about does it. Thanks again for listening to In Gear with the Shop. I'm your host, AJ Hecht. Cheers.